Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. We've all been a part of conversations about workforce challenges in manufacturing over the past few years. Boomers retiring, millennials and Gen Zers looking to other industries for work, retention struggles. In today's conversation, we'll talk about the manufacturing workforce from the standpoint of designing intentional career paths, because more than ever before, it's not just a stable job and paycheck that motivates people, but also the opportunity for growth and career advancement. My guest today is a manufacturing leader who not only recognizes this, but is actually doing something about it. Let me introduce him. Patrick Curry is a leader in manufacturing who has significantly impacted sales, quality improvement, and on-time delivery while dramatically improving the top line and bottom line of each of the companies he's been a part of. Patrick is a third-generation Curry involved in the Curry family of companies, including Fullerton Tool Company, Endurance Carbide, and Carbro USA, manufacturers of precision-made solid carbide cutting tools and dies, bushing and gauges. As president, he's responsible for creating and leading the company's vision and implementing the necessary strategies to enable that vision across these companies. Patrick gives back to the manufacturing industry and local community through his service on a variety of boards and committees. He was named Michigan Manufacturer of the Year in 2014 and received the Michigan Economic Bright Spot Award. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Glad to be here. Yeah, pleasure having you. So, Patrick, you're a third generation leader in a family of businesses. I'd be curious to have you just tell us a little bit more about the origin of Fullerton Tool and really the family businesses and what led you into your current role as president. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Fullerton Tool started in 1942. Uh, my grandfather, Morgan Arthur Curry, uh, started the company. He was a uh, actually the current facility I'm at, our new facility, uh, Fullerton West plant in uh, about a country mile north is where he grew up in the dairy farm, the Curry Dairy Farm. So I grew up a farmer and wanted to get off the farm and started several companies, started a milk route, started an insurance company, started actually a toy manufacturer. So he started making toys. It actually was a pretty successful toy manufacturing company. And then World War II broke out. Um, he got a letter from the War Production Board saying he's using too much metal um, and had to use all that towards the war effort. So he was buying tools at the time. So he got a hold of these tool makers and actually... Uh, hired a few of them and started Fullerton Tool. So he started Fullerton Tool, Perma Cut Tool, and then the other one was Wolverine Tool. His idea was to have three competitive bids to the government for the Department of Defense. So a lot of the work that they, that he did was for the Department of Defense to help in the war effort. As the great American manufacturers came to the rescue back then um, and really helped win the war, when that manufacturing, the American manufacturers got together, uh, they can accomplish anything. And they 
that's really one of the key ingredients that helped us win World War II. So our family heritage in, in the Great Lakes Bay region has a strong history in that supported manufacturing for the United States and, and the victory in World War II. So he started that company and uh, actually in 1961, he started Endurance Carbide, which was M. Curry at the time, all within the same building. And his idea at the time too was like just to supply multiple industries, very diverse um, in the tooling side, but also uh, he was always thinking ahead and looking forward. So one of the things that really struck his interest was the computer. So his idea was he actually bought a computer and his idea was to put all the suppliers of everything you needed in, in this computer. He trained, he actually had a training school for how to basically do programming for computers. And his idea was to put all the suppliers in there. If you needed something, he would be able to hook up a supplier with a with a buyer. So um, it was way ahead of its time. But he just thought that people would not be using cutting tools in the future to make things. So his vision was that he had to diversify. He was always thinking ahead that way. A very creative mind. And then my dad, my uncle, got involved in the business. And unfortunately, my grandfather passed away in 1977. And my uncle took over as president. I think it was 72, actually, 72 or 73, he was president. And he took over the business at that point. And in 2008, um, I started with the business. Actually, this is my 30th year. I just had my 30th anniversary. I started in 93 after graduating from University of Central Michigan University and uh, came right into the family business. I really enjoy uh, manufacturing. I enjoyed the culture here. And a lot of the people here are just fantastic. So working side by side with them on the manufacturing floor was a great experience for me and really encouraged me to come into the business. So at that time, um, I started in engineering, worked throughout engineering and, and different processes through the manufacturing. I really enjoyed what I was doing. Got a little bit into sales at that time and then got into uh, estimating and running the, the inside office um, at the time. So my dad and my uncle were 50-50 owners, and they basically, as soon as I started getting involved, they definitely started handing more and more off on my shoulders, which I gladly accepted and, and learned a ton from my uncle Morgan and my dad and how they ran the business and the experiences they've had throughout being a family-owned business. So from there, I had a lot of traveling, internationally, domestically, but just learned all aspects of the business uh, with great mentors, not just in the family, but also within the company, in the industry as well. Um, and in 2008 is when I became president. So that that was a challenging year. Um, we had the recession kicking in towards the end of that year. and It was definitely a, a challenging time to step into that position, but exciting time as well. So I I enjoy those challenges and just really appreciate the people surrounded me, that surrounded me and supported me and helped me throughout my career. And a lot of them are still here today, believe it or not, after 30 years of being here, but they are retiring at a fast pace right now. So we have what I'd call one of the greatest generations of manufacturers exiting the workforce at a very rapid pace right now. So we have seven employees this year actually retiring from Fullerton, uh, a couple just recently, uh, last week even, one was 31 years here, uh, and the other one had almost 50 years, over 47 years at Fullerton. So pretty amazing group of people we have here at Fullerton Tool. 
Oh, that's great. I, I love hearing these origin stories of, you know, especially family-owned businesses. And so cool to think of what, you know, what would have become of the toy company had, had the war not happened and where would the business be today? And I'm sure you'd still be standing, but in probably doing something very different. And it's, it's just cool to, to, hear, to hear these stories and how the business has transitioned from one generation to the next and grown and evolved. And imagine your grandfather would probably look at the company today and be pretty proud of where you've been able to take it. But yeah, very cool. And I think that, you know, the topic you kind of touched on right at the end there, just the the rate at which people are, the workforce is, is exiting from, you know, that boomer generation in particular, and the rate that's not matching it as in terms of people entering the workforce is really, I think, a good transition into where we were going to take our conversation today around kind of careers in, in manufacturing. So maybe we'll we'll kind of hop into that there because uh, I know it's an area of passion of yours and we've kind of, you know, prepared a little bit to have, have that conversation. But t- tell us why, you know, I mean, I think you kind of set it up well, but wh- why is that topic so important to you personally? Well, for me, I just know how much I learned from the people at Fullerton and how much they invested in me, realizing they would, they want this company to be successful. They have a lot of heart and passion into Fullerton tool and wanting it to continue to be in the family. So they really did. I mean, they took me in, took me under their wing. And as long as you show people respect and you try to continue to earn that respect on a daily basis, they're going to give you every kind of bit of knowledge they can share and pass on to you and give you those opportunities to learn from just great, talented people that have been innovative, creative, and knowledgeable. And and there's trade schools that I went to in my process. And a lot of them, um, a lot of our employees came from those schools. Um, a lot of the high schools had their own uh, skilled trades programs uh, that were very effective. Uh, we got a just a, a great amount from Bridgeport High School. Um, a lot of talented people that went through that program and still speak very highly of it. But unfortunately, after the ups and downs of our industry, they, that uh, was neglected. And uh, it was really sad to see how far back it fell. And there's just really a lack of investment, lack of commitment from local manufacturers. And then once we started seeing our aging workforce head out the door and we're trying to all grow our companies and expand, we need talent. Even with the most sophisticated, uh, innovative tooling machinery out there today, you still need people to run it and be creative um, and passionate about what they do. So seeing seeing that trend, I've been extremely passionate about that You know, since my career started. I just feel it's a huge need, but you can't just talk about it and complain about the lack of programs that are out there, the lack of potential talent in the pipeline, you've got to do something about it. So I've always been open to have people come to our facilities to see the possibilities and the opportunities that are in our industry. Um, It's not just on the shop floor. Um, It's in marketing, it's in sales, it's in engineering. There's just a plethora of different avenues you could take in manufacturing. It's not like the manufacturing of old that you could pretty much eat off our shop floor. I mean, very clean uh, environment, very uh, exciting and challenging environment. You get to use sophisticated high-end technology, which excites people because it challenges you, challenges you to use your mind to be creative and to really focus on high quality and precision. So getting out there and kind of explaining that to people that you know, we make tools. The nice thing about Fullerton Tool and Endurance Carbide, we're providing tooling to help 
make airplanes, to make cars, to, you know, I, I'm a bow hunter. You know, one of our biggest customers is Matthew's Bow. So we're supplying tooling to help make the things I use every day. And, and that's exciting. And, and to be able to go into those facilities and see them making a joint strike fighter and knowing that I'm providing tooling to help our men in service and our women in service and providing them a quality product to help make sure that plane flies the way it should fly is extremely rewarding and challenging at the same time. But I think you have to step into it. You have to engage in it and you have to not just talk about it. So it's a challenge to get the community of manufacturers to continue to stay committed to that. But it's something that uh, I've been a, tried to be a big voice in and try to collaborate with several other manufacturers in our community to make sure we support those educators. They need our support. They need our backing and our commitment and that consistency to stay involved as much as possible. Patrick, we were talking a few weeks ago about how, you know, especially among the younger generations in today's workforce, individuals really want to understand their career paths. And I think that's that's a big part of the of retention, right? And, you know, they're not solely motivated by having a stable job and good pay, but I think a lot of the younger members of the workforce also crave growth and career advancement opportunities. And I would just be curious to hear what you're seeing on that front in your world of manufacturing. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. I 100% agree with that. Where today they want to see that that future picture. What's it look like? Uh, they want to see what steps do I need to take to get there, right? And they want that. They want to continue that challenge. They don't. They don't like to be stuck in that one place. They they want to have opportunities to grow, expand, and challenge themselves. So, uh, and they're willing to put the time in and invest in themselves with the training. Invest in themselves by going the extra mile to get that extra knowledge and experience um, they need to take those next steps. So if you could show them that that process and what it takes to go from, let's say, a level one entry level operator to a level four or level five CNC master programmer and really get creative and, and on the cutting edge of making new tooling or, or, or new products for a customer. I think that picture is exciting for the youth today. They, they like to see where that, that vision and where things are heading and, and the possibilities or opportunities that come. They also need to understand the, that those soft skills that are needed to be successful too. So willing to invest in some disciplines in those soft skills that'll get them to have a positive experience and get them to get, you know, be one of the first people to be given those opportunities to go in a company. But we've had several employees um, that have started uh, one as an example. Nick Hammond came from Bridgeport High School, started in inventory as entry-level position, had to get a job, started a young family. So he started right away working in the, in the shop floor and just worked his way through pretty much every different department in the organization. That time we didn't paint the picture for him in the, in the possibilities, but you know, he's gone from estimating to running the office to marketing manager to now uh, elevated to product uh, manager and project manager. So just those different steps. And he got those extra tools of, of training that he needed to take those steps. Those weren't necessarily painted for him. They weren't there. The vision wasn't laid out for him, but he cut his own path to help the company grow. And as the company grew, he grew with it. We have several examples like that throughout the organization. And that's the beauty of a small family-owned business is 
we tend to promote from within and give these opportunities to people where other larger companies may not may want to have someone specifically for these opportunities and jobs. Whereas a growing company, family owned, we're promoting from within. And sometimes as you grow, you create other positions and other, you know, spots on the team that need to be filled. Uh, we like to try to promote that from within, um, help with education um, if there's needed additional education or training and help support that uh, financially as well as giving them the time to do it. So I think it's important, um, Joe, like you said, that these this generation needs to so know what that path is. And now we're doing a better job of communicating that. We always haven't been that way. Uh, we're trying to be uh, more proactive than reactive and communicating to the team and our team members the opportunities that maybe not here today, maybe that right position isn't quite needed at this time, but eventually we're going to need that spot filled. So those people need to know those opportunities may, may not exist today, but they'll exist tomorrow. And what, what is that job description? What is needed to have the skill set to be able to fulfill that position? Mm-hmm. Is there anything you guys do or think that companies could do to sort of help map out what a logical career path could be for somebody who's maybe coming in entry level or maybe somebody who's in a you know an existing position, but you know they're the type that you know, has aspirations to maybe grow into leadership roles or, you know, more advanced positions. I'm just kind of curious what, is there any sort of intentional career path design that either you guys do or you think could be happening for people in manufacturing? We do that right now with our CNC programming program, where we have a journeyman set program. We also are starting, actually the, the supervisors and team came up with a Fullerton University. So we actually have a matrix of abilities that you can build in in kind of on top of your foundation of basic skill sets and have that added to your matrix of a bit uh, talent and ability uh, to run various machines run various type of tooling as well and build yourself up through different levels of expertise in that type of machining so there is a program set kind of laid out for that we've had several people on that path throughout various stages of that path currently. And they're getting trained up to improve their skill set and their talent level. Um, Obviously, along with that, they improve their pay and opportunities within the company. So if they're willing to go down that path and understand what it takes to get there, put the discipline and the consistency and the positive attitude towards that, they're going to grow and have great opportunities here at Fullerton Tool. We also just recently, another example of someone going through that is a a young lady, Rebecca. She actually started through that path and she was doing very well and advanced quite quickly. As a matter of fact, she's actually uh, moved quite thoroughly through the uh, CNC programming side of it and running a a $500,000 Walter machine, making some very complicated tools on it, uh, pretty complicated. And most recently, an opportunity came up into engineering. And that's something she had a desire to go towards. She was actually going to school for that. So she just started yesterday in this new position. I was pretty excited for her. So she's very excited. She's got an opportunity to get into a field that she had a desire to get into. And now she's got some hands-on experience to really help on the designing and engineering side. Because if you've actually made the tools, you can better do a drawing and, and put the specs on it and understand what it takes to make that tool. So we're really excited for Rebecca. She Her attention to detail is just top-notch, and I think she's going to do a fantastic job on that new opportunity that she's 
she's got. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Brendan, take it away. So I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Brendan Forrest. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. Right now, we have a group of 50-plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations that meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic, and one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to do a better manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value, no cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. And on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. I love those examples. Those are great. Patrick, though, you and I both lead different types of organizations, you in manufacturing and me in marketing. I know one common thread is that we both have women in senior leadership positions. For us, or come up a couple of the highest ranking employees at our company are women. I know that from having so many conversations with manufacturing leaders that are in the industrial sector, that this isn't really commonplace in a lot of cases in manufacturing. And so I'm just kind of curious what your perspective is on that and and you know what things need to happen to change that. Well, I think we've we've got to give them the opportunity, give them the chance and and really uh, paint the picture for them to succeed, give them all the tools to succeed. And I think there's we, we're blessed with some just incredibly talented women on our team in the HR department. We've got a great leader um, in Melissa and 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 now a new one in Amy and, and and the Rachel and Beverly. They're just they're all just really strong and growing every day in what they do. And then also in marketing, Beth Bauer is just unbelievable talent. Uh, we're very blessed to have her on the team and. She's been pretty much our marketing leader from the get-go, but she's just been promoted to marketing manager. So well-deserved and so excited. She's she's created the vision and direction uh, that with the blessing of the owners, and we're behind her 100%. But you have to give them the opportunity. You have to support them and uh, give them you know the tools they need to succeed. So we're excited about uh, the talented women we have at Fullerton Tool. We, we want more of them because... They bring a that extra sense of creativity and and not knocking the male workforce we have. We have some talented male leaders as well, but that attention to detail, that creative sense of what our customers need, and actually thinking outside of the box. That's the type of leaders we want. Is somebody that comes with new, fresh ideas, um, really challenging the status quo, or that's the way we've always done it. And I think that's what you're getting. And you're seeing and in, in involving more women leadership in your organization. We're seeing that today. And they've earned the respect of not just their colleagues, their peers, but the people that work for them, as well as our customers. We've got a new uh, estimator manager. Jordan uh, is doing a phenomenal job. And she's so respected in our industry as a leader. Uh, the customers absolutely love working with her. She responds. She understands their sense of urgency. And she gets a job done. And she's helping her team grow as well. 
you know, that's the thing too, that I like, it seems like the women as well, bring a sense of wanting to help others succeed as in, in, in their teams too. And again, not saying our male leaders don't do that too, but it, I think there's a, a higher sense of that and maybe an empathy towards that, but they're also firm when they need to be firm and, and can deal abruptly with challenging conflictive situations. So I'm excited that the new women leaders we have at Fullerton Tool, I think they bring that extra talent that we've been lacking over the years. And they really bring that, that sense of creativity and passion for what they do that uh, can really take this company to far beyond our own imagined nation. I think they, they just, they're that talented. So we're, like I said, we're blessed to have them part of our team. Yeah, well, I love your perspective there. Um, I can vouch for Beth Bauer. I've worked with Beth from your team in marketing, and she's absolutely an all-star. And I think there, it's, it's. I'm glad to see this topic emerging more publicly over the last few years. There are a few people and individuals I've, I've had on my podcast who are huge advocates for women in manufacturing. Uh, Megan Zimba, Nikki Gonzalez, uh, Alicia Gilpin. I've had all of them on on the show. Alicia most recently, and it's great to have some people out there who are really, I guess, shining a light on on sort of the how off balanced it's traditionally been and um, and encouraging women in manufacturing to have more of a voice and uh, inspiring, especially the, you know, those who are not yet in the workforce, but uh, women who are maybe we would consider it and seeing there's a place for them here too. in what has probably traditionally been a very male dominated environment. So. Well, Joe, on top of that, I get to, get to travel all over the world and I'm fortunate enough, you know, this actually, I'm going on an international trip tomorrow to the UK, uh, to England and Ireland and visiting some customers and, and hopefully developing some new customers. But uh, I've been to places where, you know, unfortunately they're, they're stuck in the stone ages and, and women don't get the same opportunities as we do in the United States. And, and to me, that's a differentiator for us. And we've realized that at Fullerton and we, we need to use that as a differentiator to really move this company to the next level. I mean, our new CSR manager, is, is Brenda, is doing a fantastic job and she handles a lot of the international side. And unfortunately, today, there's some some countries that are just not as friendly to dealing with with women. And, you know, it's to me, it, I'm not happy about it, having to step into a conversation that basically I have to say the same thing that my woman leader already said. So I don't quite understand why there, there's not growth there in some countries. I, d- I don't quite get that. But it's it's sometimes stalls business uh, that doesn't need to be stalled. And, you know, that, that they're doing a great job. Um, and I'd like to see more of it, not just hopefully from the United States taking the lead on it. I think that more countries will will know that they're getting their tails beat and getting their butts kicked by uh, great U.S. manufacturing companies because we have the right people in the right spot. So, and that may be a woman leader. So, it, it's the best person. You know, you know, whoever's best qualified, that best fits that position. That's who's going to be in that spot. So, we want the talent. We want the. We're competing. There's somebody that has the same. My competitor has a president that I'm competing against. The person in head of estimating for my competitor, I need to have the best talent to compete against that person. You know, every position we have, our competitors have very similar positions. And if we don't put the right person in that right spot to compete, then we're not going to compete and we're going to start falling backwards. So 
And a lot of times that that's going to entail talented women. So unfortunately, some countries don't think that. Well, that just gives us opportunity for, for, you know, taking more market share. So we're fine with that. Good way to look at it. Patrick, your company and mine both run on EOS or the Entrepreneurial Operating System based on the book Traction by Gina Wickman. I know a lot of manufacturers and a lot of marketing agencies kind of both use it as a framework for running their business. If you're not familiar, I highly recommend going and checking it out. But the EOS system comes with a lot of tools and sort of, um, I don't know, structures for doing different things in your company in a consistent way. One of those tools is called GWC, which stands for Get It, Want It, Have the Capacity to Do It. You and I were talking a little bit about this, and I think it's really relevant to the conversation we've just been having. So can you tell us what that GWC tool is all about and how you can use it to make sure you've got the right people in the right seats in your company? Yeah, first of all, big believer in EOS. We started down the traction path many years ago um, at Fullerton and Endurance Carbide. We did use an implementer at Endurance. At Fullerton, we implemented it ourselves, but there was several on a management team um, that kind of had our own method. On, on the vision and direction and how to implement that. Um, and this is just a sound way to get it done, especially for a small manufacturing company or a small business period. Based off of core values and, uh, and your vision, traction organizer, so you put a, a strategy or business plan and they have a way to do it in a very constructive way and really to stay focused on 90-day rocks is what it turns out to be. So one of the tools they have in the toolbox um, with the traction is a GWC, gets it, wants it, and has a capacity to do it. So when you're putting the right person in the right seat, you have to make sure that they GWC, they get it, they understand what it takes to do the job. Do they want that position? Because they have to have a desire to want it. And then do they have the capabilities to do it? If they don't have the capacity to do it, they don't have the skill set, they don't have the talent. Are they willing to learn that? Are they willing to take the time and effort to understand what it, you know that capacity level is and get their skill level up to that? If they do, there's a possibility they can fit that position. The other thing we look at um, when we do that is a people analyzer tool where we'll look at their core values. If they, our core values are people, passion, principle, productivity, precision, and just basically if if they fit those core values and they GWC, then they're they're probably definitely somebody we consider for that promotion or that next opportunity in the in that position. So great tool, great way to run your business. Uh highly recommend it like you do, Joe. And I think you guys have learned from it and grown from it. And to me it keeps you from running in 25 different directions. Keeps everybody accountable, focused and and taking things in 90-day chunks that are more um, obtainable, um, keeps you focused on your matrix, your numbers, your scorecards, and and then it has very effective tools on how to run a, a meeting that's actually gets things done and you deal with issues and you move, move the company forward. Um, instead of people talking about the issues at the water cooler and nothing gets done, but people complaining about something. This gives a spot for those issues, a way to discuss them, define them and solve them. So it's been a great tool. And, and my, my business partner, Matt Curry and I, uh, we, you know, he's, he bought his 50% from his dad and I bought mine from my dad. And 
there's no way we'd be here today without EOS. I mean, I, I'm just going to tell you, family business, 50-50, it's not easy. It's very challenging. And to have something that you can agree that you have to stick to. And, and there's times we've we've fallen and we've fallen off the track and uh, we have to get back on track. And the nice thing is, is the accountability isn't just from the top. It's from the bottom up and the top down because our people have embraced this tool um, on how to do their job and move the company forward, move their departments forward and, and, and continue to improve themselves in, the, in their areas as well as the company. So I think it's important that you have something to keep you guys accountable and it helps the owners stay accountable as well. Because there's times where we, Matt or I, can get excited about different opportunities or different things that could really move, turn into chaos is what I like to say. Because you could you could go in 25 different directions and you need to stay focused. You need to be accountable um, if you really have a shot to grow and expand your business. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. The EOS systems had a similar impact on my business. We've only been running it for, um, I guess, about two and a half years now, but been following it to a T. And I think it's biggest takeaways from your focus. You know, there's always a million things you can be working on, but, you know, kind of starting with where do we need to go over the next three years? And then what things do we have to do this year to stay on that path? What things do we have to do this quarter to make sure we hit those annual goals? And then, you know, how are we going to limit what we do to just those things. I think part of running a successful business, a lot of it's making those decisions about what you're not going to do. Cause if, if you're, you know, energies, resources are divided in so many di- into so many different things, you're never going to, you know, you're never going to be able to get enough done and everybody's going to be, you know, kind of rowing in different directions. And then I think some of those tools like the GWC tool, the people analyzer are really great, simple ways to evaluate, you know, we're struggling with this person, for example, and and just looking at it and say, okay, well, how, how well does this person, the, the way they operate align with our core values that we have decided or the way we, you know, are going to make hiring and firing and promotion and other decisions do they get it? Do they have, do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do it? You know, if they, if maybe you answer yes to two of those three things, there maybe are things you can work on. If it's a zero or one, it's okay. This is not the right person in this, in this particular seat. Maybe they're better in a different seat, or maybe it's just not the right person for our company. So I like all the little tools that come with it to help you just guide you through those decisions that, you know, we all have to make as leaders. Yeah. And those tools help make better decisions. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And, and, you got to have the right people in the right seat. Like I said, we're all competing. I mean, we're competing against our competitors and we want the best talent. Fullerton's always wanted the best talent. With great talent, you you attract more talent. So that's the one thing, man, I've noticed over the years is because of the culture and the talent we have on the team, there's a desire for people to want to come work at Fullerton Tool, right? Because they understand, they hear the success and, and the opportunities that people are given here and the culture and and that just will continue to add those opportunities the other thing with the gwc and the people analyzer if you don't have the right person to right seat, it doesn't mean there's not another right seat for them on the bus and sometimes there isn't and you've got to part ways with some fairly talented people in their own respect but they just don't fit the culture they don't fit that position and they they can't help us compete so we have to make those tough decisions and having those tools like you said really make a difference for you to make those challenging decisions 
that are impacting, you know, we've got over 200 employees throughout the companies, actually close to 225, if you include all the Curry family of companies. And, you know, those families are dependent on us making the right decision and, and, and moving this company in the right direction. So we can provide them a great job and opportunity in, in this community and, and also our plant in Huntington Beach. And also we have team members all over the country, quite frankly, in the sales department and, and uh, all over the United States. So it's exciting. Well, Patrick, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you'd like to add to our conversation today? No, I think you had some great questions, um, well thought out questions, uh, very relative to what we're trying to do here. You know, the challenge is, you know, you just got to keep moving forward. You got to keep trying to better yourself individually. You know, the only way you can improve an organization, it starts with yourself, right? You've got to improve yourself. You got to want and have the desire to get better individually. And you can't do it alone. You've got to have help. You got to have a team. And just the communication, I think, is something that's extremely important. And I think through COVID, uh, that's been extremely challenging in some cases where people, myself included, uh, probably haven't been the best communicator as I had been in the past uh, due to not being able to have more face-to-face discussions. And and we need to get back to that. So I highly recommend people to take time to you know break bread with your coworkers up and down your team and spend time that's needed to have those important conversations, not just about work, but about life. You know, time here is short. To me, I think the relationships and, and the people are, are most important. So you got to care about each other you know, for a chance to continue to grow and expand. I'm in 100% support of that message. Really great conversation today, Patrick. Can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and learn more about what Fullerton Tools is doing? I'm on LinkedIn. Definitely uh, hook up on LinkedIn. I think that's probably the one I navigate to the most on the business world side. I have Facebook, but I'm rarely on it. Definitely. uh, I know I need to get some of those other tools out there, but you can reach me on LinkedIn or um, our websites, uh, www.fullertontool.com. And then also Endurance Carbide, which is uh, endurancecarbide.com. So Either one of those places, they can definitely reach out to me. Feel free anytime. And uh, I do appreciate, you know, just connecting and, you know, exchanging best practices or any interesting ideas is always good. And whatever we can do to help each other out. I mean, that's what I've been about my whole life is if I can help, you know, somebody in our community or even a competitor, um, I've been more than willing to help anybody out with, uh, any of their challenging manufacturing or business, family business, or any challenge they might have in front of them. So definitely reach out. I'd be more than happy to see if there's anything I can do to help or get you in touch with the right person. Cause I know I don't have all the answers. I just know a lot of people that do. So hopefully I can be that connector for you and, and help you out. Perfect. Well, Patrick, thanks a bunch for doing this today. I appreciate you taking the time. No problem, Joe. Appreciate it. Anytime. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com slash learn. Thank you so much for listening.
Until next time. 